I'm fucking dying. I bet you I'm fucking dying. Like Tim Roth, how are you doing back there? I'm fucking dying. Fucking bitches love Tim Roth, dude. I know. Incredible Hulk. No? Is Tim Roth in the Incredible Hulk? Yeah, him, the Edward Norton one. Is that the Ang Lee one? No, you ask that every time now. <laughs> no, that's Eric, that's Eric Bana. Yeah, oh that's yeah. That's Eric Bana. Eric Bana. What a dork. Get over yourself. Also found out today that it's pronounced Paul Dano. Really? How fucked up is that? Isn't that terrible? Yeah, hard pass on hard that. Hard pass. Like, yeah. I refuse. Yeah. Je refuse. Yeah. There's a real Yusef Islam situation where I'm just not going to recognize it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> You usually wouldn't have given me the up there. I think I feel like we're making progress. Do you, I feel good. Do you feel good? It, who is Yusuf? Is that Cat Stevens? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Nailed it. Ooh, baby, baby, it's a wild world. Yeah, I was going to try some kind of Cat Stevens Ooh, baby, baby, it's a wild world. And I'll always remember you like a child girl. You know, I've seen a lot of what the world can do. And uh, it's breaking my heart. Hell and yeah. Because I never want to see you sad, girl. And don't be a bad girl. Oh my god. Dan ending really turning things around on me right now. <laughs> doing all the things he's told me to stop doing. Uh, <laughs> I'm loving this. This is great. <laughs> um. Ooh, baby, it is a wild one. Yeah, I got COVID, and now I have COVID brain, so my inhibitions are down. Dan is saying he has COVID brain, so now he has the same sense of humor as me. <laughs> He's lowered himself to my mental, <laughs> my inferior mental level. Um, holy shit. Did, did you watch them Oscars? Nope. Uh, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Wait, you didn't watch the Oscars? No. So you didn't... You didn't. You, you didn't hear about what happened. I, I heard about what happened. Oh, because we have the internet. That Coda one. I don't even know what that means. For best picture. Coda. Yeah. Oh, I thought like that's the weird. Led Zeppelin film. N- no, no, no. Coda, the the film about a a, a whimsical deaf girl. Of it's this year's music, but appropriate. Sounds like something that would win. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Sounds disability like, pun intended. Check. Hell yeah. Um, all right. Uh, today we're going to do uh, Hancock, a movie from Peter Berg, celebrated director. But I feel like... <clears throat> Wait, did, hold on. Did you watch... So you watched the Oscars? Like, no. You, no, oh, okay. no, 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 no. Okay. No, Dan, no. All right. And the thing is, you have to keep in mind, like, even if I'm not watching the Oscars anymore, there's no one watching the Oscars anymore. That, that it's That's it. It's done. Uh, people are watching the Oscars. They're just my grandparents. Your grandparents watch the Oscars. Oh, yeah. Did they? I'm sure. I feel like... What else are they doing? They don't have that many channels. If my grandparents were still with us, blessed be their memory, they would not understand anything happening on the Oscars. They would see Amy Schumer as the host and be like, that's a nice channel, man. <laughs> would they? <laughs> um, Your grandparents would be like, Shuma, she sounds like a nice girl. They'd be like, why are we watching the Oscars? We were dead. 
It's a very specific bit you brought us back for, Daniel. Yeah, what a thing to come back for. <sighs> anyway. Today on the Movie Blues Podcast, we're going to discuss something topical. And something very wicky wicka wah wicka wah wicka wicka wah wah wet something Jim West desperate sorry yeah uh, rough rider yeah you don't want nada yeah. we all know Dan yeah um I feel like you don't want to see my hand with my hippie yet I feel like we're at the end of the uh... what a lyric dude. <laughs> as if Will Smith has ever like cons- like walked around yeah. with a gun on a holster. Dude, in high school, early in my uh, my pot smoking career, mm-hmm. we would listen to that song over and over and just laugh and laugh. At my summer camp, we did a coordinated dance. <laughs> of course you did. To Wild Wild West in my hip hop class. But I'm a badass cowboy living in a cowboy. <laughs> Which then parlayed into me and my camp friends doing said dance at my bar mitzvah. <laughs> Which, smooth transition. If you think about it, um, it is a movie property, and thus being the theme, movie bar mitzvah. Everything really fell in line with that one. Yeah. So on brand. Yeah. Wasn't as embarrassing as it sounds. No, it sounds. Fucking Cisco coming in at 25% speed. Yeah, no, that's Drew Hill. Dan is, uh, you know, just now realizing, what was it, this past year? Yeah. That the, <laughs> I was talking to him, I was like, dude, Cisco annihilates that fucking yeah on, on Wild Wild West. And he was like, dude, Cisco was not on Wild Wild West. And I was like, well, I don't personally listen to hip hop, but I am fully aware that Drew Hill, which may be wh- how it was listed. Yeah. Because look, no, that's the, what I said. I was like, dude, that was Drew Hill. The reason that I thought it's Drew listed, Hill was a person. The reason as why it's listed as Drew Hill is because like, yes, Cisco is there and he's in Drew Hill, but is there not a verse with another, like kind of Rick Ross looking guy in like a Matrix trench coat? Yeah, I just figured he was like not important. That enough guy's to, in Drew to get Hill. The future. It's like when he's there, they're Drew Hill. Yeah, yeah. It's a real Simon Garfunkel it, it, situation. It's like it would be. Like Nick Lachey, but if wow. the, the rest of the it would be featuring Nick Lachey, but if the rest of the, the other ninety-seven right degrees showed up, it would be featuring exactly. ninety-eight degrees. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah, you did great we're math. All, we're all aware how groups work. Okay, I have I have nine samples that I've slowed down, yeah. and God bless me to get through each one of these without having an actual heart attack on today's episode. <laughs> you don't want to see my hand where my hip be at. Um, Wild Wild West, nonwithstanding, Will Smith recently slapped Chris Rock in the face at the Oscars. <laughs> yeah, um, that, if you haven't heard, it was actually one of the few massive wide open public situations that didn't fully morph into a political debate. It almost did. Mm. There were gender debates. No, it's, was, get, it's, it's gotten there. It, it's escalated to like right under Fox News having a different take on it than CNN. Right. But I think both of them ended up being like, uh, Will Smith is a fucking dick. Yeah. Um, but now we're at the, now we're at the, well, 
As soon as one, as soon as someone doesn't stick to your white ethnocentric European sensibilities, you guys dismiss them after 30 years of falling in line. Like everyone, everyone's making like it's like a Will Smith's not being acceptably white enough anymore, and that's why people are mad at him. Well, there's so many angles to it. Yeah, of course. I mean, extrapolated from this event are no less than 50 ethical conversations yeah. that it's, we could have on this podcast, but I'm not sure we should. It's the most like, ubiquitous fucking cultural moment that we've had in a really long time. Yeah. Uh, and it involves Chris Rock, so like, who saw that coming? Yeah. I mean, Chris Rock uh, really did a lot for his career by letting himself get punched yeah, in the face. Bitch slapped. <laughs> He took it. He took it strong. Though. He's like, "Ain't the Fresh Prince crazy?" He had a fucking <laughs> strong base and and ex- accepted the hit very hard. Yeah, he took that hit like a fucking like a Gee. pro. <laughs> oh, 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 oh wow! <laughs> Will Smith just smacked the shit out of me. <laughs> yeah. Yes, he did. Super true. Woo! Um. <laughs> Let's do, let's do first, uh, you know, because this is a cultural moment and a moment in history. um, I almost feel like this should have been its own side piece episode before we talk about Hancock. I mean, this is, we're doing this before we talk about Hancock. It's just gonna, I'm gonna call it an episode. Mm. (laughs) Woo! Um, (laughs) um, So, uh, let's first do this. I keep picturing that woo as being Will Smith after he slapped Chris Rock. Imagine if after he slapped him, he turned around and went, Woo! (laughs) (laughs) That would have been hilarious, dude. Let's first get onto the board our our initial reaction and opinion of this situation. Small small brain. You don't have to go on for 20 minutes about it. But maybe let's just say how we feel currently about Will Smith, Chris Rock, and this situation. Would you like to go first, Dan? I don't know. I don't really want to talk to you about this anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Dan and I went through this quite a bit. But I don't want to go through it with him. I want us just to both state how we feel about it yeah, and okay. then move on. All right. This is how we get closure. Oh, I don't expect that's going to happen, <laughs> but I do expect that I'm just going to make funny soundboard noises while talking about a, a travesty of domestic violence. Yeah, I... Uh... I uh, I don't I don't care for I don't, I don't care for this this nonsense shenanigans at an event as prestigious as the Oscars. Mm. No, I don't care about the Oscars. Woo! <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, f- I mean, what can be said, dude? We're 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 a couple weeks removed now, so I, I know we're I, at the tail end here. I, mean, I they- was very emphatic in my opinions two weeks ago, which amounted to Will Smith really shouldn't slap Chris Rock or probably anyone on stage in front of anyone let alone everyone uh but yeah he did and uh you know he's getting punished which it's interesting that will smith's the only person in hollywood to get like repercussions for anything ever Mm. you saw that coming well i mean i feel like we need to revisit jersey girl this was a very public event like there had to be a repercussion this wasn't like where's, like, Jada, where's think, Jada's repercussions for being the puppet master huh what would you say the equivalent would be in this unfair situation which you're painting and in, in which like oh now it's time to punish someone like no like, one who's gotten away with what that you could kind of prop something of this public visible magnitude up to I don't, I don't know Paul Walker didn't get punished for drunk driving <sighs> Woo! 
Yeah, he did. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I, I, I have I have two two branching thoughts about this, obviously, which caused Dan deep deep upsetting um, moments in his day. The day that after this happened, it became a huge deal. I hit up Dan that morning before he was awake and said. <laughs> I just want to let you know you're going to really upset me today. <laughs> I can't. I, I, I'm dead serious. I don't know if that's exactly how I said yeah, it, but it pretty vibe. much was. Yeah. I was like, all right, Dan, wake up and fucking tell me what you think about this and piss me the fuck off. <laughs> and, and that happened because uh, <laughs> it, it really boils down to two things, which is like Dan's racist. No, this is I mean, this is black on black crime. Well, who would I be racist to? Just both of them? (laughs) (laughs) You know, Chris Rock's really a boop for taking it, and and Will Smith's really a boop for making it. No, there's no racist racist take here to be had. I think my take that differed from yours that caused so much controversy in the first place between us was that I am a person that sees every event as it unfolds as, like, culpable and... and, um, like merits responsibility and like to me will smith what he did was 10 out of 10 insane um i would say it was like the most (laughs) barbaric thing you could possibly have seen on tv in in a large scale and it's like quote unquote contrast of like his brand like you know if you saw like like it would be so much like it makes it that much stark and more stark and shocking you know if like clint eastwood went up there or like I don't know who, like Russell Crowe, like mm-hmm. some notorious, like if Ben Affleck went up there and did that, I'd be like, oh, well, yeah, he's having a rough time. Uh, you know, he was bound to break at some point. But Will Smith, yeah. that's that's fucking star of Jersey Girl, Will Smith. That's fucking star of Gemini Man, Will Smith. I think there's that's fucking star of Enemy of the State. He's the enemy of the state. It's a lot of weight to bear on one's shoulders. Dan. That, that is true. I'll give him that. He did do a good job shouldering that. But listen, <laughs> um, there is a dark side to Will Smith, and it's just it through. Yeah, a, and it's his wife through a lot of obfuscation of himself on purpose in the way that him and his family put a smoke screen up so that you can't really see what's going on with them. Um, the, I mean, he was part of Scientology. He obviously has. Was a, he? Oh yeah, he has a very fraught and intense relationship with his children that is very public in the sense that Jaden um after they made After Earth which I think is one of the most embarrassing movies ever um after they made After Earth with M. Night Shyamalan and it was this huge public fiasco about how terrible Jaden Smith's acting was yes Will Smith and his son devised the plot of a sci-fi film uh, I mean, that's a natural progression from Pursuit of Happiness. And then they went to M. Night Shyamalan yeah. and said, make us a sci-fi movie. And he was like, oh, that'll make me lots of money. He was brownlisted from Hollywood at the time. <laughs> and um, uh, such is the fact that that was the first M. Night Shyamalan <laughs> it's movie. It's because he left Philly. His powers went away. <laughs> that they did not put his name on the poster, trailer, anything for. Wow. It was not visible. His wow. his, his involvement was not visible. Um, and it is one of the most puzzling, bizarre movies. Like, the choices that they make in this movie would kind of blow your mind. Bottom line is, is that... Is it like Jupiter Ascending egregious? Yeah, for sure. 
Will Smith. Does and anyone Jay- talk like Eddie Redmayne? <laughs> Whoa, dude. And yes, that's the dude. That's the whole point. Um, I'm gonna do the voice right now, but like Will Will Smith in that movie and his son live in a colonial future. Don't ask me to explain that, but it explains why they have it like a colonial English Southern accent. Oh, what? And Will Smith talks like this. He's like, <laughs> he's, he's like, like Colonel Sanders. He's like, Raiden, you must suppress your fears. Oh my God. And and Jaden is like doing the same thing. Um, it's super duper like embarrassing. He's ready to serve sweet tea in Georgia. It is like it's like. The the sound of their characters' voices in the movie it it's it, it will grade on you and make you sick after a while. Do you not um, have any soundboard samples of that? No, no, because like we could do that honestly for the podcast and it would be pretty interesting. But listen, the point is that after they made that movie, they uh, the public was making fun of Jaden so badly over how bad of an actor he was um, that he tried to emancipate himself from his family, and he was like, "My dad is too intense and wants me to be things that I don't want to be." And I'm tired of living under his thumb. And then, like, Will Smith punched Chris Rock, and his son went on Twitter and was like, that's how we do it! Yeah, that's how we do it in the Smith fam. Woo! Woo, baby! Yeah, that was that was, that was an interesting addition to the proceedings. Ha-ha! That's my Will Smith impression. <laughs> it, it's, it's a micro impression. Do you want to hear it again? Ha-ha! Oh, that wasn't that so... That was Chris Rock. No, Chris Rock's more like, ha-ha! <laughs> Will Smith just you're, smacked you're right. the shit out of me. You're right. Um, that is how I'm not doing good voice work today. <laughs> I'm going to say that up front. Ha ha! That's, uh, that's a little DMX and a little Will Smith. I thought that was Chris Rock. Um, <laughs> what I was going to say is that there are two issues that I have. One is with Will Smith. That is inexcusable. I don't have anything to say about that or add to it. Here comes Dan whitewashing his two weeks ago opinion. No, this is... The exact same opinion. I'm going to present it in the exact same way. Okay. I am a collector. I am a librarian of cringe. Whether it's <laughs> movies for this podcast or the reality TV shows that I watch, I don't watch anything unless it is pure, unfiltered cringe. And I used to, for many years of my life, uh, seek out extreme horror. I would be like martyrs time uh, inside. Let's like watch people get gutted. And now I, I don't really like that doesn't give me the dopamine hit. Cringe gives me the dopamine <laughs> hit like in its purest form. And like understand from my point of view, I don't follow stand up. Like I don't like I haven't like tracked Chris Rock's like recent successes. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, to me, he's a washed up actor and comedian and his sales notwithstanding. I just think his brand of humor needs a rejuging. And for a while it got like nasty and mean spirited and like about his ex-wife. And like, I just, whatever. Chris no, Rock. No, his stand-up special was, it was too sincere. It was too, like, it was all about his ex-wife, but it was more like the big criticism of it was that it was more like one man show. It wasn't very funny. It was just him being like, I'm a piece of shit. Anyway, that's what, you know, led me to kind of being iffy about Chris Rock. I mean, then we did Spiral, and I thought he was so embarrassing in Spiral. And it was clear that his sense of humor, Dan, had kind of unmoored and disconnected from, like, the general flow. That happens, though. Like, Jerry Seinfeld, same thing happened to him for a little while. So he was like, I'm just going to kind of sit in cars with rich people. Yeah, but then, did you see that? Oh, yeah, then he came back and was great. It was so funny. Fantastic. But look, and I love Jerry Seinfeld, so this isn't, like, not trying to knock, you know, these huge mega comedians. But, like, let's be honest. Like, I don't... 
Chris Rock's career, at least as a artist in the film spectrum, as somebody yeah. that he, personally... He's not at his peak. No. So when he got on stage... He, he, and, he's got the Adam Sandler trajectory working. When he made the joke that he did, I want to be clear about my reaction to it, which so greatly offended Dan Enden, which was just like, when he said it before the slap, I was experiencing deep tissue cringe, like under the skin cringe. It, it, I don't, I'm not like an advocate for uh, Jada Pinkett Smith. I mean, she might be the most terrible person alive. I'm an advocate for, I thought we were at a place in society where you don't get on stage and make fun of a woman's physical appearance to her face. Um, and, and go home and do it on a podcast. Like God intended. Yeah, Goddamn right. <laughs> and then it like gets out on TMZ and that's all secondhand. You know what I mean? It's like DS Lions did almost did blackface. <laughs> TMZ, page one. But, you know, we've all moved on from that. And the the bottom line is that he made the joke and it was fucking cringe. And I think people should be punished, whether physically, <laughs> spiritually, or emotionally, for violating top, top. Now, Dan... You and I have spent the past 24 hours roasting this kid in in um, Biscuits fam about <laughs> how he posted. He was like, who saw me and my boys at the show? We were doing a full send. Did anybody witness us, videotape us, killing it? And everyone's yeah, like, yeah. dude, you're such a fucking dork. We were getting after dork. I feel like we were sending it pretty hard. We were like, you are fucking embarrassment and blah, blah. And that's all I'm saying because when I heard this. G.I. Jane 2 can't wait to see it. All right. I was like, no! Listen, listen to those laughs. That's a room full of people having a good laugh. Oh, I, I caught a deep gasp out of that. <laughs> Did you? Yeah, you can kind of hear it at the end. It's kind of picking up at the end. Um, it was like when you slowed it down, you were able to really hear the, the horror okay. of people. G.I. Jane 2 can't wait to see it. All right? It's like, it's like the soul of a bad joke just reaping an oh, audience. Oh, I figured that was just Jada sucking Will Smith's fucking essence out of him in that moment. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, uh, yeah, so, so, so look. Long yeah, story short was Dan, what I got Dan upset Dan was at, deeply offended. What I got I, offended by was Dan saying that Chris Rock deserved it. That was the sentence that I took issue with. Chris Rock I deserved think it. that when people go out on a limb when, and fuck up, like, that audience should have looked at Evan Hansen when he started mumbling and booed him. And instead, they made him viral. And I think there just needs to be justice and accountability for cringe. Because while I love it, nobody should be able to get away with being that cringy. Yeah, but he wouldn't have. The next day, everyone would have been like, Chris Rock is ableist. Damn right. And instead, everyone Welcome was... Welcome to Earth. <laughs> instead, everyone was like, oh, poor Chris Rock. I know, Chris Rock really... <clears throat> arose the uh, victor here in many ways. Um, you know, obviously it's juiced his ticket sales up and whatever, but also um, public perception is that, you know. He added a second night in Philly right after that. He's the man. Two nights in Philly. Oh, that Will Smith's home turf. What a flex. That fucking tracks. What a flex. Two nights in Philly. Guess who's going? This guy. Dan, to just to make a point, is going to go see Chris Rock and I'm, text me about it. I'm going to laugh like, and laugh. Dan, was it was so funny. I laughed and laughed. <laughs> he was poignant. Fuck out of here. 
He did. Um, you, you should come. Do you hear you should, him? You should come see Chris Rock. Do you hear him? You recently? who never wants to go to stand up, dude, that should be the show you go to. I would be so scared. <laughs> I'd be so upset with myself. I keep wanting to You'd see. You'd be scared um, of what? The crowd? Why? No, not the crowd. I just like am scared to experience cringe that close. Uh-oh. I don't want to be in the room when it happens. The thing is, like, Chris Rock is a smart businessman obviously he refuses to talk about the slap unless he gets paid he said quote, really verbatim well he's done several stand-up shows he he won't talk about yeah, yeah it. No, i know he said i'm not ready to do it until i see the paycheck yeah he see Woo! yeah he's like i'm not ready to do it <laughs> he's like i'm not ready to do it until, until hulu pays me to reenact it as a fucking one season series <laughs> wow dude how long? How long do you think till there's like a Wilbur yes. Smith, Wilbur Smith, fucking American crime story? Will Wilbur's Rock. Wilbur Smith in America. I mean, it is. It was Wilbur Smith because the only person who got their fucking butthole destroyed was Will Smith. Yeah. Um. I'd like to think, and this is a final note before we head into Hancock. But I would like <laughs> got to think... Me. Got me, fucking got me, boomed me. How different it would have all played out if Chris Rock would have got KO'd. Like, oh, imagine, imagine, dear listener, yeah. Chris Rock just sleeping on the ground. <laughs> all the cameras zooming in. What if Chris in. Rock got, like, hurt? They're playing, like, the Oscars playoff music, yeah, yeah. like the walkway like, music. Violence. It's like, da na 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 It's like... The Oscars are presented by Coca-Cola and the Dude, Dolby Atmos Theater. Wait, what if you you imagine, what if in the exact same moment, Chris uh, Will Smith walks up and just fucking pulled out a gun and shot Chris Rock point blank, dude? That I don't know why you need to go there. You'd be like, Chris Rock deserved it. He was cringe. I'd be like, wow, dude. Yes. <laughs> yes. That, uh, Chris Rock really fucking, for a guy who has no concept of what movies to choose to be in, he really uh, held himself with fucking. He was like, "I got cameras on me. I got to do exactly the correct thing," and he did the exact correct thing. Acted like a big pussy, dude. What do you, do you think Chris Rock's gonna get like acting roles out of this? I don't know, man. He didn't get acting roles out of Spiral. Like they were like, they were like, "Why?" We saw Spiral, and we're sh- certain you can't act. But in that situation, which is has way more cameras on you, you nailed it. Well, from now Can on... Can you bring that energy he's to, like, get, the he, fighter, too? He's going to get typecast, where now he's only going to be able to be in movies where people are hitting him. <laughs> I mean, that was Spiral, People pretty are much. like, come on, slap him! In Spiral, he was just getting blasted with glass in the face the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> and mm. zooming it on his face in, with shaky cam. Yeah. <gasps> Will Smith just smacked the shit out of me. Um... Hancock. Yeah, which brings us which brings us to Hancock because I, I was at Planet Finesse and was on the treadmill and was running and watching the televisions and saw and this is what I what did I text you like 48 hours after all this happened or like 72 hours. It was pretty soon. I was like We we had we had the moment of being like, well, do we need to do a Will Smith movie and then I big. don't even think we had that. We did. Cause, and then we were, or no, I was like, should we do a Chris Rock movie? And you were like, no, I don't want to watch a Chris Rock movie. And I was like, should we watch a Will Smith movie? And we were like, well, they're all kind of equally terrible. So mm. like, nah. And then I think you being a Planet Finesse was uh, <laughs> like three days after that. Yeah. 
and uh, I was watching the TVs, plural, across the room and saw uh, Will Smith giving a press conference to the people of L.A. and was like, what in the fuck is going on right now? And switched over to it. And it was Hancock. <laughs> and he was apologizing for his like out of control, violent yeah, outburst like, behavior. I better for you people. He's like, and Dan messaged me being like, dude, I saw this movie, this clip of this movie. You won't believe it. Hancock. Have you ever seen this? <laughs> have you ever heard about this? And I'm like, yeah, I'm like of the exact age that Hancock was like the biggest fucking movie in the world. I looked it up. The movie made $800 million. Are you kidding me? $800 million, Dan. The movie was enormous. Was it? I, don't, I thought it was like a, I, kind I of a somewhat know. flop. I don't know anyone who did not see Hancock. I did not see Hancock, Hancock. or as uh, my fiance referred to it when I told her I needed to watch it that night. Uh, so you guys really have to fucking harp on the Will Smith thing, huh? <laughs> <laughs> She's like little on the news, guys. Yeah, pretty much. I was like, you don't know our creative process. <laughs> you don't know our creative process. I was like, we were going to do it anyway. We're, we're keeping it serious. Yeah. Um, Jim West. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that that clip gets you going. I love, dude. I love that song. Yeah. Um, <laughs> where my hip be at? Um, listen. I saw that scene at the gym and was like, this is poignant. <laughs> and I was like, you know, whoever programmed that to be playing on that channel at that point in time was like, I'm on some other shit right now. Oh, well, they're pushing Will Smith shit just as much. Like yeah. all, on, on all my digital download sites for movies, there's like Will Smith ads everywhere. Yeah. It's and you, uh, you directed me to AMC Plus, which after I finished Hancock, it was like, do you want to watch any of these movies? And it was 13 Will Smith movies in a row, dude. I almost watched fucking Gemini Man last night. That looks like a big old piece of shit. Yeah, just awful. Um, and the thing is, uh, like, Will Smith, for me, like, was the golden actor for many years in the 90s. And then he just started straight up slipping. And he's made, uh, at this point, maybe more bad movies than good movies, which is sad I don't to fuck, say. I don't, I don't fucking know. Like, Bad Boys, Independence Day, Men in Black, That's Enemy good, of the State, all fire. That's a great streak. All fire. What do we got next? Wild Wild West. I love, well, no, okay. you know what? Child Me loved Wild Wild West. That movie's incredibly stupid, but for a movie where the plot is like two cowboys fight a giant mechanical spider, like, it did what it could. Real bad movie. Yeah. Not I great. liked it when I was a kid, though. Sure. Yeah. yeah. That was great. Yeah. It doesn't hold up as an adult, but. But this is where his career began to unravel. Then he was in Bagger Vance. The Legend of Bagger Vance. That's a, a Matt a Matt Damon vehicle. That was not the, golf movie, right? The best received movie at the, the time. I uh, I saw that on pay per view as a lad. Hated Ma- it. Michael Mann's Ali. That was also weirdly like a mixed reception at the time. Yeah. Um. Did I? My. I mean, I haven't seen Ali since it was in the theaters, but I liked it at the time. But I thought it was just kind of dull. Men in Black Two, real bad. Yeah, Men in Black Two featuring Johnny Knoxville, right? Yes. Yeah. Real bad. Not great. Very, very bad. Yeah. Um, 
Bad Boys too. Uh, I like I, Bad Boys too. I'm not, I'll uh, simp no for comment. Bad Boys. I'll simp for Bad Boys too. I like Bad Boys too. Jersey Girl, terrible, but well, I mean, he was the best part of it. So I don't know how you really wait. And that. Jersey Girl existing in this universe makes this whole thing better, just because of the plot of Jersey Girl. I Robot. I this, this is where I really was truly off the Will Smith. Trend. Yeah, I Robot. I Robot was terrible. I Robot. That was like when did that come out? Like what? Like oh four something like, like that that was like maybe a little later eighth grade freshman year era for me where like i was getting a lot of fucking flack and heat for saying that irobot was a terrible movie amongst the 14 year old crowd it is one of those movies that people who aren't good at science fiction at that age bracket would have been like whoa yeah i bad movie saw that at the mall on friday night with some girls and some friends and i fucking walked out with everyone being like hee hee will smith that was awesome and i was like that movie was fucking terrible and i did not get made out with that night next up is um harrowing misstep shark tale really upsetting movie to watch the cgi movie yeah i I watched that in school like in high school but this was like like a huge deal at the time they were like this is will smith's first animated Uh, vehicle see i was already of the like i'm 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 above this robert de niro's in it it's bad great it's it's very upsetting children's movies aren't good usually put a pin in that um oh wait shark i do remember shark tale yeah yeah it's it's just a kid's movie it's fine that's not how it worked okay i'm sure children loved it hitch that's with Kevin James. Yeah, and he's, yeah, pass. That's f- like for what it is. That's <laughs> fine. Like this that- is when Will Smith got an idea in his head where he was like, "I and, and here, dude, this is that was he- Kevin James listen, playing an appropriate role. This is actually pretty sad. And I, if I feel for Will Smith at any level, it is this that at some point in Will Smith's career, he went from being like, "I'm the big summer blockbuster man. Woo! I'm Will Smith. Woo! And went to being like. Oh, I'm sad, Will Smith. I cry and, like, my hair is patchy, Will Smith. And sometimes I have a Kenyan accent and talk about sports or something. I don't know. I didn't see that movie. I think he was Kenyan. Was he Haitian? Was he Haitian? I don't know. He was like, I, I am with Smith. Yeah, I think he was. Welcome to my football I think he team. he was, like, South African. I don't know. This is the opinion of someone who hasn't seen Concussion. Yeah. Assuming that it's about. I saw it and I don't remember it. Will Smith's like, I I have made an important discovery that when you his, get hit his, in the no, head, his accent is way way more egregious than that. It's like when you get hit in the head, it actually no, does he, bad dude, that things movie, to you. He's like, he's like, when you get hit in the head, like he talks like that the entire movie. It is wild. Um, <laughs> no, I didn't see that one. When that the ball movie. hits your head, your brain moves. I have made an important discovery. When you get hit in the head, it makes you go crazy. Yeah. It's like so. Anyway, thanks, doctor. Yeah, yeah right. Uh, <laughs> Thank you for that Hitch. poignant observation. Hitch, uh, Hitch, I don't think is a Hitch bad is movie. Hitch is fucking terrible I think for, for what, that type of movie. It's Stop. fine. If I'm gonna a get, bad movie. If, uh, I mean, if I'm gonna stuck stuck watching a rom com, I'd rather watch Hitch than like most of the ones thrown at my disposal. Fuck Hitch. It's fine. You're yeah. fine. Thank you. You're welcome. I wish. Seven pounds. We're gonna, we're gonna put a pin in that Pass. one. Never seen that one. But but like, listen, we are watching Seven Pounds for the podcast. The what, fact that you have not seen that is crazy. What I was teeing up to is Will Smith's sad arc is that at some point in his career he was like, I'm gonna stop making dope ass blockbusters, and I am going to hunker down and try to bring this Oscar. Wait, wasn't Pursuit of Happiness before Seven Pounds? I, I don't know, Dan. Just that was his first because there's a clear pivot moment. I there, think I put these in somewhat order. He did like. 
big summer blockbuster. Then it was like the like rom-com payday easy shit. Then it was the like Oscar bait phase, and that started with pursuit no, of he, hop, he, pursuit of hot happiness. He sometimes mixes them up. Yeah. He sometimes does like you know one for him. One pursuit for of me. happiness is a really good movie. Fuck off. I think. I know you think. Did, did you not? You don't think that's a good we movie? We don't pay you to think. You don't think that's good? Yeah. No. No. I don't. Okay. I think it's schmaltz. Yeah. I don't like schmaltz. It's emotionally manipulative. I you, don't like you, emotional you manipulation. That. Yeah, you hate that. I, it's like my least favorite thing, and it's always very obvious to me. And the thing is, the thing is about emotional manipulation, It's right, an Oscar bait flick for sure. Is that you, you are going into creating a piece of art where you're trying to get people to feel a certain way and you're doing it in the most ham-fisted way possible. Whereas like in, in actually effective, like romantic art, if you will, like punch trunk love, for example, like you don't right, just right. Adam Sandler, like running down the street with a disconnected phone in his hand from what is essentially across the whole country. Like there are ways subtly to convey emotion that are so much more powerful than totally. being heavy-handed about things. But I, I, and my recollection is from Pursuit of Happiness, and I didn't see it since in theaters, but I, uh, a girl wanted... I got dragged by a girl wanting me to take her to it. Uh-huh. And I watched it expecting it to be very handed, heavy-handed and came out thinking it was subtler than I had expected. Um, no, thank you. Yeah, okay. Um, and You got a best actor. I'm not- going to finish my arc god damn it for will smith where i feel bad for little little willie style and that's <laughs> willie style um and that's that the man doubled the fuck down on trying to win an oscar oh yeah and that has been the narrative of his latter career you having not seen seven pounds is bananas dan then that movie is so crazy he wins the oscar and bulldozes his entire reputation yeah it's in the same wild. hour it's shakespearean it truly is. Like, what a way to fuck yourself. Yeah. What a dummy. Yeah. Like, like that's uh, what do they call that? Like self sabotage. Like it was like, yeah, he, like just a dude who was like, who finally got his fucking thing. He's like, ah, nope, nope. Well, usually the rest of the time I got my wife to make me feel insignificant, but now I got Christ. the highest accolade I've striven for. So gotta fuck this up somehow. He sure this did. This is my day. King Kong ain't got nothing on me. You're like you're Will Smith, dude. No one's afraid of you. You literally walked up and assaulted Chris Rock on stage and like everyone, no one even flinched. Everyone was like, someone will take care of this. I will die on the hill that as we get older, we will find that nine out of ten heroes from our childhood whose shtick was I'm the good guy. Yeah. Turn out to Michael be Jordan. the bad guy. Michael Jordan, I'm looking at you. I'm not looking at Michael Jordan. I'm looking at like a, a lot of people that have turned out to be like pedophiles and and beyond. Did, like, did you watch the uh, the Last Dance, the Michael Jordan series miniseries? Uh, we've talked about this on the pod. And uh, no, I didn't. I don't care about ten. sports. I don't want to talk about it. Just watch it. Um, it's riveting. It it is often the people who like I just watched this um, Jimmy Savile, uh, a British horror story yeah. on Netflix, where it's often the people who are most charitable and most about that. Like Bill Bill Clinton. Currently you're seeing it in the conservative movement where it's like people who are obsessed with where the missing children or people uh, who are like, when you see uh, there are all these amateur Chris Hansen's now who like, like I follow this page, Oklahoma city predator prevention. This guy like literally goes out like Chris Hansen and bust people. My God. He has way less like, 
credentials production to be doing this. <laughs> and this he's guy, like, he's like, have a seat. This guy is caught probably like 500 pedophiles, hardcore. What? But like, there is something about the obsession with that. Being, yeah. Well, how being, much time is he spending cosplaying as a fucking tween girl on the internet? A lot. And the thing is, like, when that's your white whale pursuit, it, it's a little, it's a little weird. It's iffy. Um, I've seen enough Netflix true crime docs to know exactly that that guy's gonna fuck up. So Will Smith put himself in that position where he was just like, "I'm Will Smith, woo," but <laughs> also like, "Oh, I'm I'm America's dad." Like, where's the last time we heard this? Like, I'm America's dad. Like, everybody trusts me. Like, I'm gonna be an even-handed, decent person and always be like a pillar to look up to in the community. Um, you're you're comparing Will Smith to Bill Cosby? Yeah. Where it's like any person who is being portrayed, or Michael Jackson, any person who's being betrayed as, oh, this is such a good person. You Why are you only picking black people? You don't know these people because it's like it rhymes, it's poetry. Um, you don't know these people. Like, this is a, a reckoning that, like, we see, keep seeing over and over again. And, like, yeah, oh, wow, people are so shocked that Will Smith is a piece of shit. Like, you didn't see After Earth. He was really mean to his kid <laughs> in that movie. We don't know that he's a piece of shit. He could just be mentally ill. You don't know. You can be both. Look at Kanye West. Of course you can be both. Um, all right. I have I've seen no indication that Will Smith is comparable to Kanye West. I don't know, man. Kanye West didn't slap a bitch in public. Yeah, but he probably slapped many a bitch in pu- private. Will Smith just smacked the shit out of me. Dude, talk about Chris Rock going out with Grace at the ride in the end of his career into the sunset. <laughs> All right. Should we? Um... He's like, they'll never remember down to earth. <laughs> you don't even remember down to earth. You were like, you were like, dude, down to earth. Great. You're like, which one was, which one was it? So then I went back and I listened to the spiral episode after we had that conversation. Great. And I, you mentioned down to earth and I was like, great movie. <laughs> great movie. This is you, though. This is, like, why you bought the Chris Rock tickets. You're just full of shit. You're going to go there and be like, this sucks. Why did it, I, if I go why there and I do this? I promise you, Dan, if I go there and it, like, at all sucks, you will know immediately. I go see a lot of stand-up, and I've been very disappointed in people that I look forward to a lot, and I talk tons of shit. Fair enough. Everyone on this podcast listening will know how Chris Rock is, I assure you. Because I'll, there will be, you'll have the receipts. If I come here and say it's amazing, and then a special comes out a year from now and it sucks, everyone's gonna know it sucked. That's true. Should we talk about Hancock? Uh, wait, we didn't talk about Will Smith's music career. We didn't talk about more of his movies either. I mean, there's Men in Black Three, there was After Earth, there was Annie, where he played Daddy Warbucks. What the fuck was that? Movie? What? You didn't see that? Oh, you didn't. I didn't know this is a thing. Oh, am I being racist right now? Is it Jamie Foxx? <laughs> no. No, no, no. It was, it was Will Smith. Will Smith was Daddy Warbucks and Annie, was he not? Oh, man. Josh Boyer is going to be yelling in his radio. I'm just kidding. That's the last person who's going to know the answer to this question. Yeah, right. And Annie's a classic <laughs> tale of oppression. Josh Boyer fucking probably saw that shit on opening night. Yeah. He's like, ha, look at the have-nots. Uh, then he was the genie in Aladdin. Yeah. <laughs> and then he was in that Netflix movie where and, he and what? And people. what do you want to say about his fucking music career, Dan? Ooh, all of his old songs that are playing in the background of this episode. I, I, I just want to know if you have any. Relationship yeah, I loved to it. it. It's great. 
like dude, those you, albums were amazing. Millennium was a that's, fucking that's, smash. That's what hit. I wanted to get to. If you fucked with Millennium, Millennium was so, hot. So, so here's the thing. Uh-huh. Here's the thing. That's my Will Smith. So, my, did you hear it? Yeah, yeah, that was a good one. All right, thank um, you. That was probably the best one I did. Yeah, I'm definitely. gonna patch that one backwards through the episode. I almost want to pause to make you listen to it, slash, so that you can then insert it, because I've what? been I've been really thinking about since this Will Smith thing happened, like. I started, I was like, wow, this really goes against my, like, my image I have of Will Smith in my head. But then I go back, I have, like, distinct memories in high school of having found, like, a deep cut on Will Smith Millennium that my friends and I would listen to constantly and just laugh and roast Will Smith for being such a psycho. Hmm. Like, being truly narcissistically insane. Um, And there's a song on Millennium called uh, Freakin' It. Okay. Are you familiar with this song? I mean, I used to know all of the songs on that album, I'm and sure. And I, I I assume in post, Dan will put some of this song here. But May, hopefully maybe, not. Dude, this song is crazy. And in, right, the con- well, in the context of what's going on right now, it's extra crazy. It's like an entire song. Like, you know, like, it, it's like Will Smith had a meltdown from people ragging on him for not being like a real rapper, you know? Uh, so this was like the song that he put where Eminem rips on him for talking about cursing too much in his music. Well, you, um, we're going to take a a short break and then you are going to read the lyrics off your phone of this song to me. Okay. I'll do that. Because I would rather do that than listen to it. (laughs) Yeah. I'll, I'll narrate it. Okay. All right. We're chilling. So yeah, we just we just confirmed that yeah. we haven't been racist at all these first thirty minutes. Yeah, I'm totally we. cleared of my crimes. Um, so the song "Freaking It" from Will Smith, I implore everyone to just go <sighs> listen to it. Yeah. but it's got like I don't uh, one of those chill. It's got like a kind of the vibe is actually very similar to getting jiggy with it. It's got that like Miami fucking mm-hmm. beach vibe, mm-hmm. um, and the whole song is a response to people criticizing his place in hip hop saying he's not a real rapper and that he's soft and things like that yeah all true uh yeah totally true of course he's the most vanilla his fucking first single has the whole fucking smoke a cigar right from cuba cuba i just bite it it's for the look i don't light it like just like you know he's like will smith is just like he's like i can't even imbibe tobacco (laughs) yeah will smith is a career built by committee like, he is a career pussy. Like he runs. He's each, like the LeBron James prototype. He was like, he was like, Sony. Do you think that I could smoke a cigar in my getting jiggy with it? And video? they were like, listen, kid. And they were like, you just bite it. Yeah, they're like, we already let you put an apostrophe next to getting. That's a little too urban for our tastes. <laughs> we had to pay another thirty thousand for that apostrophe <laughs> to be printed. <laughs> On the album, we're cover. gonna have mothers against tobacco all up our asses. All right. Anyway, um, uh, all right. On. So let's see. Uh, yeah. The the please. general chorus of this is I'm about to freak this. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. Stop. Okay. I don't want you to sing it. Okay. I want. There you are to, certain moments. I want yeah, you to no, listen. I, I got, okay. I got a thing going. I just on. want you to read it to me. Okay. All right. Um. So just like I'll give you the I'll start with just the first line just to give you like a general feel of like our vibe here. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm about to freak this full out. The king of the hill. Big Will, keeping it real, knees in the grill. The whole set on lockdown, making you flock down. I'm sorry, knees in the grill? Knees in the grill. What does that even mean? Where I'm at, they hear my rap. I be that cat that sets sets trends. Where y'all at? On the corner with your friends? Heard you screaming about cream in your rap, kid. Yo, my last check for Wild Wild West came on a flatbed. 
<laughs> that rocked. <Yeah>. Woo! <laughs> that so was pretty awesome. That's our first. That's our first. Our first stanza here. Well, I'm right. Will Smith. Woo! Right. So next we're we're presented with a situation where it's a call and response, but Will is both the call and the response. He's uh, acting as the audience to his own hypothetical questions. Okay. So once and for all, let's get this straight. How do you measure a rapper? What makes an MC great? Is it the sales? 20 mil. Is it the cars? Bentleys. Is it the women? Jada. Is it the money? Please. Is it the women? Jada. Dude, and it comes in. It's like pan. So in your left ear, it'll be like, like, you better put that in, motherfucker. It's like, is it the women? And then your right ear goes, Jada. (laughs) Oh, wow. Yeah. All you rappers yelling about who you put in a hearse, do me a favor. Write one verse without a curse. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, very specifically. That's yeah. like what Eminem was all pissed exactly. about. Exactly. So then uh, there's a bridge where he goes, I don't want to see y'all sitting around. I don't want to see y'all sitting around. And that happens for, forever. Forever. Just that. Um, okay. Okay. So. <laughs> all right. Uh, yeah. All right. One more gain. Deja vu. Up the chart. Yo. Y'all see the way I flew? Can't nobody do this the way I do. You like how I freaking freak this? Say I do. And then uh, the the big guy from Drew Hill comes in and goes, I do. Oh, hell yes. (laughs) So he goes, haters, sick of the hits. Like the Witch of the West, nobody wicked is this. Oh, my God. I read in the rap pages. They refer to me as soft. The rap pages. (laughs) Yeah, they refer to me as soft. Yeah, more like Microsoft. That's that that reference because still, still I'm tracks. the Will Gates of the rap game. It's not like he said IBM. Because I'm the Will Gates of the rap game. I, all right, listen. <laughs> I want to st- I want to stop you for a second because like what I'm hearing so far are all facts. <laughs> like there hasn't been like cap at all in any of this. It's not like it's not like he's saying things that weren't actually true at the time. Like this is all no cap material. Yeah, but dude, it's so cringy to put this on into a song. Why? Because it's ridiculous. But Will Smith was on top. He Will Gates of the rap game? He was Will Gates of the rap game. No, he was not. He was not respected in rap at all. He made music for tweens and only tweens. Do you think um, Bill Gates got respect along the way on his journey to becoming head of Microsoft? Because yeah. that's not exactly what happened. Absolutely. Yeah, no. Yeah. He burned lots of people around him, just like Steve Jobs. Very controversial. Not conceited. Him. I'm as good as they say I am. <laughs> Yo, every time I shoot, I score. So many awards, I could start a Grammy chessboard. That's probably true. Grammy he probably chess. could create a full one-to-one chessboard All right. made out of Grammys. All right, so now I see why you're simping for Will Smith so hard in this debate. I'm not simping for Will Smith. I mean, the man was literally the number one everything in the world the moment he made that song. Uh, yeah, except for a person who, like, rappers were just ragging on constantly for that's, being terrible. That's what people do when the new hot shit comes out, man. Was Will Smith ever the new hot shit, dude? Kind of. He was, like, rap for fucking nine-year-old Jewish boys. Dude, parents do not understand. Keep that in mind. Yeah, I mean, that shit was fire. Exactly. Did you ever hear Will Smith's... Eight- tap, tap, tap. Case ended. Did you ever hear the 80s Will Smith song that has, like... The whole samples is like music from Nightmare on Elm Street. No. And he's like, that's what came the nightmare on my street. Yeah, I listen to Will Smith as a boy because I'm the target demographic is fucking eight-year-old Jews. That's the Will Smith crowd. Then you should be nicer to him like you are to all your other shit heroes. Uh, I am nicer to him. I watched Seven Pounds in theaters. Hancock, ladies and gentlemen. More that like is the- Microsoft. 
that's the uh, soup du jour they were like, of the day. They refer to me as soft, and he's like, no, more like really small than soft. I mean, Bill Gates is a technically very soft person. Yeah, he's trying to say he's not soft. He looks like he's like an almond, like like a like the inside of him, like an alm, like a pistachio. All right, well, everyone go listen to Will Willenium. I like Will 2K. Don't do that. Um, KC y'all, KC y'all. They play that at my bar mitzvah. That was one of my only requests for music was Will 2K. Hancock was only streaming on AMC Plus, which pretty much yeah, says, says everything. It all. Yeah, I was shocked it wasn't on HBO. What a fall from grace. It says everything that you need to know about this movie up front. AMC had every Will Smith picture. It was wild. Um, I guess. Also, the- AMC Plus is a streaming service, if you guys didn't know. Yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> Who fucking pays for that? Elon um, in the rental zone who works for AMC Plus. What? Um, Is that Elon Stratovsky? Yeah, he works for AMC Plus. And he um, he used to work for VH1 and was actually on like some of their commentary shows. Like when you would like watch. Like I Love the 80s? Yeah, he was on one Strikes of those shows. Back. Um, and he cool. uh, cool did learned. inform me that you get Shudder when you get AMC. So that is one plus, but AMC's content. Emphasis on the plus, am I right? AMC's actual content is fucking reprehensible. You don't want to watch Hell on Wheels? No. Um, that's my life, baby. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Hancock was only on an AMC+. Plus. Um, if you need any kind of recap about what Hancock is, in case you weren't like alive in 2008. Yeah, every person saw Hancock besides you. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like The Boys, but directed by Michael Bay. Um it's a, a bad movie. I'll say I'll say that up front. But um, it was during a period of time where, like, maybe they were trying to make more Watchmen-esque type yeah. superhero uh, at, at properties. At the time, it fucking baked my noodle a little bit. I was like, I've never seen... Because at the time, the only... It was like... It came out shortly after, like, the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies. And that was, like, the first era of, like, big superhero blockbusters. It like, came out in 2008 my dude first of all which was the same Isn't year that, like right after the third toby Maguire spider-man came no out? <laughs> which is the same year that the dark knight came out okay so just keep that okay factored in in all terms right. of like there was quality superhero content i'm not talking about happening. quality i'm just talking about like the introspective the vibe of like a light-hearted like this was like present filmed like a light-hearted fucking superhero movie but the content was much darker at the time so i would have really 2008 i thought so am i I off here i remembered it being much earlier than that let me see yeah excuse the excuse the phone noise hand cork is that hand kick 2008 really yeah i saw that in the theaters and i could have sworn i saw it with my parents I, I purposely did not because I knew it was not going to be good. And I think that if I would have saw it back then, I would have been like that. Yeah, that was bad. So that means I was 17 when it came out and <laughs> I went to see it in the theaters. I know for a I fact know. I saw Hancock in the theaters. I think you're thinking of seven pounds. No, no, because I was <laughs> I know exactly where I was when I watched seven pounds. I know I know with 100 percent certainty that I saw Hancock in the theaters and that I was excited for it. Um, The basic gist of Hancock is that. Will Smith is like a homeless superhero who drinks and is racist and says a bunch of dated things. I think this was them trying to like do their like pivot to Will Smith's image. They're like, look, he can be gruff, gritty, balding, and drunk. And it 
didn't land. <laughs> Instead, his character is like insipid, like like awful to be around. Yeah, he's, um, as a viewer, he's a dickhead. Dickhead is a short selling of how fucking cruel and unusual Will Smith's Hancock is in this movie. Um, but his heart is in the right place, man. What needs to be said up front is that what is so special about this movie, I implore every single person to go out and watch it right now. Reason being... Um, It'll never be better. It than will it never, right never be better yeah. than it is right now. Because, you don't want to watch it after Will Smith's redemption tour. No, because this movie is rife with irony. Like, retconned, post-processed, future, back, like, literal time travel irony. It's almost as if somebody who, tr like, traveled back in time from today to 2008 yeah. was like, I'm going to write a movie yeah, yeah. about Will Smith actually being a massive piece of shit who has to apologize to L.A. for being a garbage human. Yeah. Like, it's literally like a writer from, like, avclub.com went back in time and was like, I need the perfect spin for the current right. moment. Let me just, like, implore... Uh, who fucking made this movie? Peter Berg. Let me implore Peter Berg to slip a little, a little, a little, a little, little action in there. That'll, yeah, a little Willy style. That'll really, really hit the gears. <laughs> that'll in be really ironic yeah. in 2022, and it is. And that um, that means the sheer existence of this movie means that much like Jersey Girl, that this whole premise leans and rests its laurels on the idea that the viewer. That Will, Bith, Will Smith is so ubiquitous as a brand and his whole vibe as, like, one of the good guys. Right. That this movie has an inherent irony from the opening frame, and that's, like, what this movie's selling point was. Like, at the time, I remember, I was like, oh, shit, we're going to go see Will Smith be crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Will Smith's going to drink booze on screen, and I'm here for it. To continue my metaphor, it was like the time when Michael Jackson was like, I'm going to do that movie where I'm a pedophile. Was Moving that, on. That a documentary? <laughs> <laughs> Woo! It was, a, um, it was a home movie. That was a home movie. Um, uh, moving on. Um, uh, Hancock. Um, Hancock. Not a movie that was good at the time. I think it got poorly reviewed. Um, but in retrospect, now in this moment, go out and watch Hancock. It will make you fucking laugh so hard and cringe so yeah. very hard. Um, Hancock, a movie that... From the very first choice it could make, makes the wrong one, <laughs> in that it opens with a title scrawl featuring uh, Move Bitch, Get Out the Way, but a censored version. Oh, yeah. Did you notice that? Oh, yeah. So, right away, you're just dealing with, move! And it's not well, like it's not like when they do the edited cut where there's like a replacement word. Like, it's just censored music. It should have just been like, move, boop! Get out it might the way. as well have been. There's so much profanity in this song, and it's the entire intro sequence. Like, and you're just like, like there's no flow. It's the intro scene to a movie where you're trying to set a vibe. They could have picked. I feel like the entire history of human songs, Dan, and they picked one that they had to edit out every other word. It's fucking insane. Like some studio guy was like, you know who I hear is hot is that ludicrous fella. He was in Fast and the Furious too, and then we can do a crossover. Well, why do you have to make all the producers <laughs> Jewish? Why are they Jewish? <laughs> this is the uh, moment. I in didn't the make them Jewish. This is the moment in Their the podcast. Their entire industry made them all Jewish. Where we have to remind all new listeners that we are Jewish. Yeah. 
we don't like Jews very much. We're related much, to every person who runs Sony. But we're allowed to do what we're doing here. Yeah. don't. I, but The if other any, stuff I've done on this episode <laughs> so far, maybe that can be called into question. And just to be clear, if anyone makes that voice in front of me, I'll kick your ass. Um, listen, yeah. Like, if one day me, you, and Josh Boyer are at Bar Taco, and he's, like, uh, trying to do the, That's the, the quaint Jewish voice we do on the podcast, he's like, but what about washing the quarters? Yeah. I'm going to get really I'll fucking, fucking mad. I'll fucking strangle him with his goddamn pink polka dotted tie. <laughs> my wife's name yeah. out your fucking mouth. Yeah, but instead of wife, I mean our super Jewiness. Um... I think what you're missing about the move, bitch, get out the way thing is that it's this one goes out to the twelve tribes. It's overlaid with Will Smith as a digital cartoon character <laughs> because the CGI in this movie is criminal. <laughs> it's not good. It's criminal. Um, Will Smith looking like like kind of like Blade Two. Will Smith slash... looking like his counterpart in Gemini Man. <laughs> He's looking like The Rock from The Mummy Returns, <laughs> just flying through space. I don't get the reference. I know you don't. Is that, one, the, is that the Scorpion King? Yes, one day we, we should watch that movie. Um, And um, he's holding a bottle of booze. He's dressed like a homeless person. Because he is a homeless person. Flying through the sky to move bitch, get out the way. And that's when I was like, well, this is firmly within podcast barriers. Yeah. This is definitely within, like, the Too Fast, Too Furious universe. Um, Which also featured Move Bitch, Get Out the Way, while starring Chris Ludacris Br- Bridges. We're, we're in, introduced to Hancock amidst right, him. one verse without a curse. S- then his fucking star picture starts with a song so riddled with curses that they have to block it out. I don't want to talk about music anymore. This is a movie podcast. People are going to be literally like, we don't listen to music. We don't know what you're yeah, talking about. We don't about. listen to hip hop. Um, They're like, who's ludicrous? Hancock. <laughs> All of our listeners are like, who is ludicrous? Hancock opens with a scene where Hancock the titular character is dressed like a homeless man flying to move big, get out the way to stop a, a heist on the highway with, and I somehow looking this up, found out that the robbers in the car are Vietnamese. Let's get that straight. Within the movie universe of Hancock, they're Vietnamese people. Yeah. Hancock like unloads on them with like a bunch of racism because like, well, you know, Hancock is also a racist because Mark Wahlberg produced this movie. Um, he crashes into their car. They call him Soldier Boy. There are, dude, there are so many dated jokes in this movie. Yeah. Like more than Aladdin. Imagine, if you will, that you're committing multiple felonies by the moment and a superhero flies through the hood of your car and you notice he's black and you say, get out of here, Soldier Boy. Yeah, that would be your main concern is what's a, what's a current rapper that I can clown on him with? Because he's black. Will Smith then implies Wait, that you're since just going to move past that Mark Wahlberg joke. That was some of my top shelf work. Congratulations. You, you. you won the Oscar. Okay. Um, Slap. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Um, Will Smith then says that, uh, what are you guys all listening to techno and you ain't got no ladies in here? What are you gay? Yeah. Yeah. Quote. Yeah. And then he double dips in it. He goes, I'm just saying, I see no women. Sounds pretty queer. <laughs> Sounds pretty queer. In my neighborhood, it'd be pretty queer. Um, <laughs> this is the intro to the movie. We got move, get out the way. And we got, uh, what are you, a bunch of gay lords in here robbing a bank, you queers? <laughs> um, Hancock this is the most then... 2000, this is the last 
year that this movie could have been made, Dan. Then, well, it was written in 1996. It's like Entourage, the superhero movie. It did feel like Entourage at multiple points. Yeah, the fucking, it's filmed like Entourage. Um, It is filmed like Entourage. (laughs) It's bizarre. It's a major budget superhero picture filmed with fucking handy cams. It's also very Michael Bay. Like, very, very aping almost all of Michael Bay's style. It, it it's a lot. Um, Move. Get Move. out the way. Um then he accuses the gangbangers before spiking them into the top of a building, taking their car and spearing it <laughs> into the top of a skyscraper. He like insinuates they're Japanese. Yeah. Which is just like he really packed a lot into the first 60 hot seconds yeah. of this movie. They're, well, they were really trying to tackle race because um, Obama had just been elected. Then we cut to a news clip. In the news clip, I uh, I wrote the actual quote down. Perfect. Quote, L.A. would be a lot, and this from the police chief, <laughs> L.A. would be a lot better off if this guy would just leave. Yeah. And he's like, damn it, Janet. <laughs> Go to New York. Let them suffer with him for a while. Yeah. <laughs> perfect yeah <laughs> it felt perfect yeah um and so so you can see why why we're doing this picture within moments we have yeah a disgruntled police chief yes we have flagrant racism presented as mm-hmm. being totally normal being thrown in every direction yeah we have asians being misgendered but whatever the asian version of misgendered is we have asians assuming that will smith is soldier boy just because he's black <laughs> yeah. and because it's 2008 yeah Not- and and we have early 2000s hip-hop overlaid yes we have all the fixes the for holy grail too. <laughs> all of the food groups oh and directed by a jewish man oh my god 10 out of 10 <laughs> put it on the board so Hancock, uh, they they determine that he's racist. He's also fat phobic. He just kind of hates anyone. He's just very, he's, but he's, he's very a, he's very forward. misanthropic, and yeah. will make you know that he's very upset with anybody who isn't blue eyes, blonde hair. I right. would say, yeah. Um, right off the bat in this movie, they... <laughs> Will Smith, Aryan Prince. <laughs> that should be the name of this episode. In 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 Will Smith's Aladdin, they should have they should have painted him white the instead fresh of blue. Aryan Prince. Um, that's not going to be the name of the episode. <laughs> Relax. You're going to get fired over this episode. Um, quick, quick, play the sequence. <laughs> get us out of this. Um, play me off, Johnny. Very soon we are introduced to Jason Bateman, who they call the, quote, Bono of PR. And I had no recollection of Jason Bateman being in this movie, yeah. and I was delighted to see him because, like, that's like a moment that happens in a movie um, mm. where when Jason Bateman shows on, on screen for a second, I immediately know what type of movie this is going to be and Great what vibe one. it is because it's going to be a movie where J- cause Jason Bateman's range is, like, none, s- so fucking laughably non-existent. <laughs> like... <laughs> And like I listen to Jason Bateman and Will Arnett's podcast, uh-huh. and like that's that's just who he is. That's yeah. his vibe. Yeah, sure. And it is remarkable how many like horrible bosses the dude like it's just a, a guy who's just no matter what situation it is, he just plays it cool. He's just so sarcastic and cool all the time, while looking like he does. Like I, I, I was like, all right, Jason Bateman's in here. We're we're here. For, this is no longer Will Smith's movie. This is a Jason Bateman joint. We can only go so far because we got Bateman, baby. He really stunk up the joint. What's the show that he's famous from as a boy? 
Is he on Silver Spoons? Some some shit. Like like one that. of those fucking. I don't know. Shows. I wasn't alive back then. <laughs> and <laughs> and I just like I have a resentment towards him that I can't get over. Really? I just feel like I've seen him in certain things where his attitude is really poor. <laughs> like uh, there's this movie Bad Words. I saw that. Where he's just got a bad attitude. He's just being mean to children. The yeah, entire yeah, yeah. I don't like that. I don't like. I, and like, because that's his only other. That rape. movie Damn. was terrible. There's, yeah, there, yeah, there's literally two Jason Babies. Yeah, yeah. There's there's the one that's successful and socially acceptable, and then there's just the one that's rude. Yeah, but no, I just even, don't... even the other one is still like he's just like rude, but like at a level where like he's like he's like the good hearted like sarcastic person. He's kind of like going for like our general vibe, but less mean spirited. But like actually, well, no. actually more mean spirited. He's mean spirited, but not as much as us. No one's more mean spirited than us, and that's a point of pride. That's our brand. Bad acting. words was pretty mean spirited. It was, and I don't like. <laughs> and one of the things he's I, like calling a little. Never mind. I don't like mean spirited stuff. Like, and, and and it's come up many times, like throughout like rating and reviewing and talking about movies with people and shit like that. Like the movie Super. From James Gunn, I, th- I love I think. that movie. I don't As like we that. Know. Movie. Too mean spirited. I don't like. I just don't like mean spirited. Have you stuff. watched that movie since the first time you watched that movie? Yeah, and, and, and I, I don't like it any time. Really? When when he hits that guy with the wrench, but, it's disgusting. Yeah, it's so fucking good. Yeah, it doesn't make. It's so tonally. It's like this, where it's like. It's the period of time in which they were like, ooh, maybe superheroes are naughty. And it was like, okay. Well, yeah. Some cause... of them work, some of them didn't. And I just think Man, that there are is... some that work. And this is, you know, this was surely not one of them. And Super, I think, is like a half and half experience for me. Like, I like it at some points. And then it goes really far, and the tone kind of feels like mismatched. Right. Um, this is when The Boys, the comic, was right. like at its peak. And like movies were like at the time, if you were reading The Boys, you were like, "Oh shit!" Like this was very The Boys. You were like, "Movies are way worse." You're like, "Movies are trying to get a jump on this vibe before someone buys." This was like the the, this was like the retard boys. I did did not, I did not like this. Shout out, Ange. But I felt like it was it was similar in its vibe, but like too mean spirited, and they could they couldn't nail it down. And the movie was written in 1996 and was revised and attached to actors like a thousand times over. Yeah, but Leonardo then we DiCaprio got, then we got the big in guns it. involved. Big Daddy big Vince. Willie style. Big Daddy Vince. We've been vibing a lot in the rental zone about uh, the merits of Better Call Saul. And uh, Vince Gilligan now... Part of the MBPCEU? No, it's MBCEU, EU, EU. EU, EU. Uh oh. Uh, yeah, so Vince Gilligan uh, rewrote this movie to feature Will Smith. Yeah. So that's a lot to take in. It's a lot. I mean, he also, like, I. He also wrote El Camino, so who knows? I, I grew up with Vince Gilligan being the X Files guy. guy. Yeah. Um, so anything he's done after that has been like extra innings for me. Um, <laughs> this is like uh, the extra innings featuring the Ghost Runner. This Shout was, out to everyone currently this watching was baseball. Quack. Um, this movie featured a lot of handy cam. Too much Tons. for my liking. Dude. Um, felt like I was in a tilt a whirl watching this movie. This movie <laughs> is a is a movie that felt the need to censor bitch from Move Bitch Get Out the Way, but was filmed like Children of Men. It was terribly filmed it was like it was filmed like the d-day scene from saving yeah, private yeah, Ryan yeah. at all times it's literally like a bunch of michael j fox is running around holding cameras 
Um, so it becomes very clear in the early parts of this movie that Hancock, while having the powers of superhero, that joke. is, um, <laughs> it all goes in. Um, <laughs> Hancock, uh, who Everybody has... gets one if you guys delete your <laughs> thing from earlier. <laughs> I'm not deleting that. <laughs> I don't, I don't respect dirty deletes on the podcast anymore. It's all in. Call, call me about it. Email me. <laughs> um... Look, my process, Dan, is that I need to not self-edit and then after okay. the fact edit. Yeah, 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 I hear you. And yeah, I usually respect that and go and I erase the things you want me to, right? Not that those exist. Um, not that you would know, viewer. Um, <laughs> um, so, look. Hancock. They make Hancock out to be a drunk, insane psychopath. He's a real cack. He's like Superman, but out of his fucking mind. Yeah, a child calls him an asshole within four seconds of this movie. So he's like Zack Snyder, Superman, essentially. Yeah. And um, it comes down to a scene where like... Jason Bateman's like Zack Snyder's daughter. After... <laughs> no, Dan. <laughs> no. <laughs> you can't have that one. <laughs> Why? How? How? Explain it to me. Explain that joke to me. Because you made it... You're. Uh, what is up with you today? Is it the weed? Yeah, it's the weed. Yeah. Listen, man, I need you to explain that joke to me. You said he's like Zack Snyder's daughter. Yeah, because his life is made substantially worse by Will Smith. <laughs> That's as far as it goes. I hate you. I hate you right now. Horrible. <laughs> I'm gonna get fired from Norristown Brick because of this. Look, um, Zack Snyder. You want to talk about cringe deserving punishment? Yeah. Okay. I mean, damn, dude. A, I'm just saying. The debt has been collected. I'm not saying. Zack Snyder, your angel of death awaits. I'm saying that if you. Yeah. I don't believe in karma, but if one were to believe in karma. That, you're saying Zack Snyder deserved it, is what you're saying. What? What is, what is it? Just like Chris Rock deserved it. No, I'm just saying that Sucker Punch <laughs> generates a lot of karmic debt. A lot of bad will. And maybe that debt and maybe gets I collected through people dismissing your Snyder Cut of your movie. That's your life's work. Maybe yeah, that debt that. gets collected through, you know, you getting accused of sexual harassment and assault. Maybe That's that debt gets collected from... Just skip to the part where his daughter commits suicide, Dan. Jesus. Did she? You don't even know what we're talking about here? No, no, you don't no, even no, know okay, the purpose okay, of the okay, bit? Okay, okay, okay. Oh, my God. No, I can't. All right. All right. I'm, I'm fucking I, with you, Dan. I need to rein it in. We haven't recorded on a weekday. This is what I'm like on weeknights. This is not good. <laughs> <laughs> this is one of the worst episodes, like, ever. Um, <laughs> if you're still listening to this, thank you so much. Everyone's listening because everyone loves Hancock. That's true. Um, so then you have a scene where... Um, <laughs> we're an hour in. We haven't discussed Hancock. Hancock stops a train from killing Jason Bateman. That's how they initially link up in this movie. Um, and in doing so, he causes the train to pile up and like explode and kill hundreds of other people. Um, a a, a <laughs> he mob. Can't, he can't do anything without fucking causing collateral damage. Tons of collateral. Was a he in oh no, Jamie Foxx is in collateral damage. Jesus Christ, Dan. <laughs> you don't. If we're gonna make a, a racial mistake. We don't need to make it twice in a row. No, that one was on purpose. Okay. Um, Hancock is stopping Jason Bateman from getting hit by a train. 
causes massive collateral damage. A crowd ensues around him. Um, and Will Smith looks up. This is when I really knew I was going to love potting about this movie, personally. He looks up and he goes, Yeah, I've been drinking, bitch! <laughs> With a bottle in his hand. Yeah. And then I remember being in the theaters in that moment and being like, Oh, shit, this is the new Will Smith. This is the new Will Smith. This ain't your Jersey girl, Will Smith. This ain't your aunt's Will Smith. Yeah. Um, this ain't Aunt Viv's Will Smith. Actually, this is Aunt Viv's Will Smith. So then um, Will Smith gets, like, involved in Jason Bateman's family. He's married to yeah, Charlize very, very Theron. Yeah, um, How, Jason Bateman, in this movie? the Bono of PR Jason Bateman in this movie, <laughs> is trying to push this. What is the organization, Dan? It's like a heart um, yeah, organization. It, 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 Some kind well, of like no, medical charitable. It, it's it's like his pet project at a PR firm. Is right. That he's trying to form an organization. It's very romantic comedy. That I think this is Will Smith's next picture after uh, Jersey Girl, in which. Ben Affleck works for a PR firm and links up with Will Smith, and that's weird. That's it. That's the last time you can mention Jersey Girl. I don't. That's I, like six times. I don't think I'm gonna need to again. I don't think anybody else even knows that Will Smith was in Jersey Girl. The whole plot of Jersey Girl is that Ben Affleck ruins his career by being mean to Will Smith. The whole conceit of Jersey like, Girl Will Smith is that a person. almost no one has seen it. Yeah, but that little that girl was delightful in it. Liz Listen, goddamn it! I, I wish. <laughs> Do you guys do you guys at home know that we recorded a whole episode on Armageddon? We did. It got deleted. We'll talk about that in our next episode, uh, Moonfall, for oh, next week. Yes, we get to record another episode. Um, <laughs> this is getting disturbing over here. This feels like the Live and Let Die episode where I can't rein it in yeah. as hard as I could try. And it's just not happening. Um, I'm doing it myself without Josh this time. I know. That's even more you disturbing. You fed me scotch after a work day. I know. This is bad. Um... Listen, Will Smith listen, gets injected folks. into Jason Bateman's life and situation. Um, <laughs> yeah, straight, straight up. Jason Bateman has a son from a previous marriage. He is married to Charlize Theron, um, and yeah, which brings in the movie boot in the movie blues uh, meter. We made it a grand total of half of an act before we're introduced with the family dynamic drama. Yeah, this this got this got fast quick into that, um, and part of that involved. Um, conflict resolution with Will Smith and the youngest son that um, Jason Bateman has who gets into a fight at school and comes back and like at this point Will Smith is trying to get his image uh, updated and changed and fixed by Jason Bateman who's promised him that um, besides his career project of making this medical charity organization that has a heart for a logo. Jason Bateman's goal is to get companies to give, pharmaceutical companies to give away their medicine for free <laughs> with the pitch that the amount of goodwill that their brand will buy from having the logo that indicates they participate in this program that they will make up for the costs of not recouping money for this medicine, which, like, that's not true. Thank you. That was the most useful thing you've done on this whole episode is recapping that for me because I was really struggling to remember, okay. like, what that organization was. But besides that... I saw that, a nonprofit and I instantly got engaged. Thank My you. Ears I, I thank your lizard brain for <laughs> latching onto that for us. Um, uh, uh, it's a convoluted plot device to start a film with. So um, Will Smith is, like, intervening on, like, essentially the son being beat, bullied at school. And this, I think... Maybe this was the most ironic part of Why, the whole movie. Why? Because Will Smith's son is the bully. No, just because like 
Will Smith is doing conflict resolution with this young son, and he suggests that the kid doesn't turn the other cheek. Yeah, he's he, like, he kicks him in the dick. He's like, listen, kid, you got to kick your bully so hard in the dick that it can only be used as a flap for his butthole. That yeah, is literally, that's literally what he said. That is literally what he said. Yeah. Um, and it's just like Will Smith in a movie right now advocating violence for a child to unleash upon yeah. another child. Now on brand. On brand. Like, of course, Will Smith did that. Woo! He probably wrote this movie. Woo! 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 He probably did. <laughs> How hard do you think he fought for Jada to get the role that Charlie's Theron ended up getting? <laughs> um, Will God. Smith is throwing children everywhere in this movie. Charlie's Theron is so hot in this movie. She is gorgeous. She's like at, at in her absolute apex. Yeah, she's like prime post-arrested development season three. It's at this point that Charlize Theron looks at Will Smith and says, quote, as she looks into his eyes, not everything in this world needs to be solved with brute force. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Will Smith just smacked the shit out of me. Yeah. <sighs> oh, wow! Prescient. Um, Will Smith is... Um... <laughs> At this point, like, needing to fix his image. Would you say that's that's accurate in the movie and in real life? Yeah. Um, they, there's, like, a little montage that Jason Bateman shows him of, which we had Dan's favorite thing, where a plot is moved along by a character yes. showing another character things on YouTube. Bring it to me. <laughs> and it's Jason Bateman showing Hancock all those of terrible Hancock things. on YouTube, where there's one where he's, like... he's But he's it, it's, it's presenting where Hancock's trying to do the right thing but he's too uh apathetic about humanity to actually like give it the thought it requires so he'll go like show, show him showing up in mexico to save a beached whale who's like suffocating honestly so and i wrote in my notes dan 24 minutes in hard first hard laugh on purpose was, was the the whale. was when will smith yeah. <laughs> in this youtube compilation throws a beached whale thousands of feet yeah like let's get a i mean just the, the basic idea is like the whale was still alive it wasn't dead it was beached yeah. right he's trying to get back in the ocean even if the whale didn't collide with a boat <laughs> on the horizon <laughs> yeah. which it did it's gonna have a significant impact the whale would have exploded <laughs> on impact i mean thousands of like thousands of feet yeah he it, threw this way it was far and then they cut to will smith and he was like I don't even remember that. And that <laughs> was funny. Yeah. And I was like, we're half an hour in first on purpose laugh. But Bad sign. I will say, there were a handful of times in this movie that I laughed out loud. that I was, And I was not expecting that to be even one time. This movie had the biggest moment of the entire podcast season for me. Okay, what's that? So I thought in last week's episode that... Jeremy Davies fucking his mom was going to be me like at my most highest levitation point because like while the process of levitation while watching these bad movies can be brief the higher the initial climb is is the payoff right. like I'll never forget where I was when I saw Jeremy Davies fuck his mom yeah. you know what I mean you were at home in front of this computer slathered <laughs> sopping wet <laughs> woo um, Hancock 
and and this is not only a, a joke that had been set up early in the film and and delayed and was a will they won't they situation where Hancock was like I will put your head up oh, his yeah. ass <laughs> and then like I was like oh funny joke he's constantly threatening people by putting he's like I'm gonna put your head up he's like head. I'm gonna put your head up his ass and I was like that's a little gay <laughs> <laughs> to be like that's your opening move constantly yeah. um but Hancock is in a constant state of referencing it. It got to a point where I was like, this movie is PG-13, which, by the way, this was one of the hardest PG-13s I've ever seen. I know. Ever. I know. I had to check. Well, they, they blocked out all the, like, bitches and fucks from Move Bitch Get Out the Way so that Hancock could say fuck in the first 10 minutes. Where did you watch this movie? Like, this AMC week. Plus? Yeah. Because I don't remember being censored, but I'm just rolling with that being the case. I say with 1,000% okay. certainty yeah, I because didn't I wrote a novel about it being censored in my phone. Anyway, um, this How did me... you not notice that? It was a whole course going, move! Because I was in a state... Get out the way! I was just in a state of shock while I was watching it. Just watching Dan. Di- digital Will Smith dressed as a homeless man wearing an Eagles hat, flying. Dan, do you remember when we were kids with and a they, bottle and in they the would try to edit shit like DMX, like yeah. what's my name? Yeah, and of like, course. they couldn't actually get the whole word, so it would be like, move! It was that. Over, move! I'll have to rewatch it. It was Never. wild. For an opening credit scroll? Um... <laughs> okay, so he's gonna put heads up asses. He's going to put heads up asses. It's set up very early. It's the Chekhov's head up the ass, <laughs> if you will. And it gets paid off. Yeah, sure and, does. And I didn't see it coming. Still, even after all the mentioning, yeah. was like, surely there's not going to be a scene where Hancock's going to put a, a man's head up another man's ass. And he did. Yeah, and the hardest I laughed in this movie was the cut to the one guy cackling with laughter at it, followed by one guy throwing up from it. Hugest moment of the year for me. And, like, I hate that I'm even ruining it for anyone because it's a blessed. Everybody ble- listening blessed, to this episode has seen Hancock. It's a blessed movie Nobody's moment. looking at our thing and was like, Hancock, I'll listen to this without, Please. without seeing it. The things that these cretins haven't seen in the goddamn rental zone. Do you like my new sneakers? Yeah, they're very cool. Thank you. Make me feel like I play soccer. You don't. I do not. Good work, though. Thank you, you don't have the knees for it. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't have the knees for it. It's sucking a dick. <laughs> Woo! Um, uh, not anymore. I wanted to mention that um, when they do the PR glow up on Will Smith in this movie, I mean, clearly he's balding throughout the whole movie. He has, like, patches of missing hair. And then they fix his balding when they make him... <laughs> They make him Hancock. They spray his hair in, and I just wanted to know where. At what point did that happen? They didn't. They didn't give that to us in montage form. I felt like that was needed. Yeah. Well, Peter Berg. Will Smith just smacked the shit oh, out of me. No, that was supposed to be GI Jane. GI Jane Two. Can't wait to see it. Oh. Uh. <laughs> I like how he goes. I. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> of course he did. He's Chris Rock. Um, so that's like his version of a period slash hyphen. Will Smith gets his glow up and he, um, goes to stop a bank heist and his first method of conflict resolution as a reformed superhero, which, Head up the ass. which the movie congratulates and also 
they make it seem as if he did the right thing was that a guy who's like holding a bomb detonator in his hand with his finger on the trigger <laughs> yeah. that Will Smith flattens like a metal disc out of a lamp <laughs> shade. Cause he called him an asshole and throws it. Yeah. It's so ironic that like <laughs> Will Smith's main triggering in this movie is about like being name called. There's an, there's an irony in there as well. Um, Will Smith throws the fucking disc and cuts this guy's entire arm off, which easily his finger could have come off the detonator as it fell and blown up the entire bank full of people. And everyone's like, Hancock, you finally did your job right. And it was like, clearly he did the riskiest thing humanly possible in that situation by throwing a yeah. me- a hand hammered metal discus at the fucking Han- bank robber. Hancock decapitates <laughs> constantly in this film. He's a decapitator. He's um, a he's a limb severer. Pause. I got to take a leak. But uh, also got to tell you. Actually, I'm just going to show you something. Should I leave it on while you take a leak? What? So everybody can hear your stream strength. Sure. All right. I want to move on to Should the... Should we just declare them as our sponsor? I, yeah. What is it? No. No. We're about to do something so stupid. Go no. on. I'm going to get back to the cut, episode. Cut that. Cut that. <laughs> cut that. Cut that. No, I'm going to keep it in because people are like, what were, what are you guys actually afraid to say on the podcast? And we almost just said it. <laughs> uh, I think I implied something about that situation at one point, very heavily on the podcast. And, we yeah. were, and you were cringing out of your skin. Um, yeah. Uh, so um, I want to get to uh, the cuckery. The cuckery is the third act. The hand cuckery. The hand cuckery is the third act of this movie, which... God, vaping is so good. After he switches his image up and becomes this great superhero that um, a white man always destined him to be, um, he... um, (laughs) I mean, that's the fucking plot of the movie. Yeah, it sure is. It's like Jason Bateman knows better. Jason Bateman's white savior complex is this movie. He's like, hey, listen, Hancock, you, you... you're getting too racist. You're getting too fat phobic. You just got to be white and happy and live in a happy neighborhood in a rich house. Yeah. He's like, it's I, Michael Bluth, husband of Charlie Theron. I'm here to save you, superhuman Hancock. <laughs> um, and so his image is rejuvenated. I'm here to make you more palatable to the whites. He should have been. He, it should have been like someone Jewish as Jason. Yeah, Williams it should have been character. Billy Crystal. It should have been. Um, it should have been Billy Eichner. Who's the. Uh, Who's the gay guy from um, The Birdcage who's like... Nathan Lane? Whose voice is like this. He's in Independence Day as well. And he always talks like this. Uh, You don't know who I'm talking (laughs) about? Oh, man. It's like huge Jewish gay actor. Like one of the best character actors ever. Fuck, man. I should look his name up. Uh, uh, what else is he in? Throw some more. Oh God, me. he's in so dude. He's in a hundred movies from the nineties. Uh, we'll get. We'll check in between episodes. Okay. Um, I think his name is like Har- Harvey Feldstein or something like that. Jesus Christ! <laughs> of course, he's it is. he's the guy in Independence <laughs> did you just, Day. Did you just like put a Jewish name generator up? On no, the dude. He's the guy in Independence Day who. Um, uh, works with Jeff Goldblum and Jeff Goldblum. That, that's not going to help me. I've listen, seen, I've no, seen no, the no, just way more than independent. Just listen. And, Ju- and Gof- Jeff Goldblum is like, discovers the whole thing. And then Harvey Feldstein, I think is his name <laughs> goes, Oh my God, I got to call my mother. And then his whole plot line is him calling his mom. You yeah, don't remember that? Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember his name though. Um, okay. Anyway, um, uh, at this point he's, uh, rehabilitated his career 
And then you find out that Charlize Theron, which they telegraphed this in the most obvious way it, from the very first scene of the movie. Anytime anyone is talking about Hancock and Charlize is in the room, they zoom in on her face I with know. like a handicam quick zoom. And she's making absolute googly eyes. I know. Like there is no tension at all to the twist that she is also a superhero, that she is, in fact, his sister, that she's, in fact, his long lost faded lover from like Grecian times. And they're like greek gods that like were separated and now are back together 3 bc they got together um and the the long and short of it is like a massive cucking taste takes place in this movie enormous which is super ironic again for will smith it's like the layers of irony is like a blooming onion of irony not ironic now now it's it's like reverse ironic for him because like he's the one being cucked yeah karma for making Hancock, yeah, I would argue. I feel like Jada saw Hancock and was like, oh, you're into that shit. Keep <laughs> my wife's name out your fucking mouth! I'm just going to keep drinking scotch. Is I that can only assume that Will Smith is walked by J- Jada Pinkett via leash around their home. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he cucks Jason Bateman. They <laughs> fuck, basically. They have been fucking for a thousand billion years. Um, Two thousand and eleven years they've and, been fucking. And so Jason Bateman is just like one stop off on the highway for Charlize Theron's like epic hero's life. Yeah. Um, one of my notes says Jason Bateman really gets the short end of the stick in this movie. Um, at one point, she like really is trying to hide that she's still a hero and in and around Jason Bateman like she says to Will Smith like he comes over to confront her about her real identity and she's like if he ever finds out about me you're dead um and she says that as she like nearly kisses him destroys his entire like her entire house she blows up like six cars in the fucking street and then she confronts Hancock like on an exploded car but she's like if he ever finds out about me, like she literally just destroyed their entire neighborhood in public. I mean, dude, the uh, the movies plot holes are so fucking crazy. Like, dude, there's one thing along that lines where uh, after it, uh, like, luckily for the convenience of the plot, Charlize Theron and Will Smith get into a giant citywide fight that they happen to land right in front of Jason Bateman's building. Otherwise, he never would have found out. Right. So he's able to see from the top of his skyscraper down onto the floor of fucking Los Angeles (laughs) that it's uh, his wife and Hancock fighting. So he comes home, discovers she can fly, and she proceeds to just exposition dump everything about her history with Hancock and how... And she goes into the mythology of it about how their their people form them in pairs, and when they uh, they are close together, they become mortal so that they can grow old together and experience human love. Ugh. And uh, yuck. And uh, how no matter how she tries to escape him over over the last millennia, uh, they always find each other no matter what. That's the whole thing is no matter what she does, they end up together. So then. Jason Bateman's all feeling super cucked, and he's like, I don't know <laughs> how to handle this. We have uh-huh. a son. Our son looks like the kid from Liar Liar, but chronologically, that doesn't work. Right. And she she just looks at him, and she starts crying, and she's like, I didn't plan for this. Like, this being, like, Hancock finding them. Literally at the end of the same conversation where she explained that she has 2,000 years of experience of no matter what she does, Hancock finds her. 
Good God. And she's just like, I didn't plan for, like, how? How did you not plan for any of this? I don't know. You didn't plan for Hancock <laughs> to come across your person? Like, you live in the same city. You could have moved anywhere. You chose Los Angeles? The problem of Hancock? The, the Where you see him on the news every day. Right. I mean, the problem with this movie is that, like, when it becomes serious, when it does the heel turn with Charlize Theron, which is mega eye-rolling, yeah. that it then becomes, like, an actual bad superhero right, movie. Right, right. Um, I would argue that the first two acts of this movie are not bad. Like, they they're see, bad and, like, dated, but they are worthwhile. They're dated as shit, but, like... They I, were committed to a theme at that point. When you brought up Hancock, I was like, I actually really liked that in the theaters until the third act, which was fucking horrible. And That's I was like, the criticism of Hancock. And I was like, I wonder how I'll feel about it now, however many years removed from it. And I watched it, and I was like, huh, maybe I kind of like Hancock. I'm, like, having a decent time. I'm having some snacks. I'm having a good time. And then that moment <laughs> happened. I was like, oh. And then the snacks And then it all flooded. The whole hospital scene flooded into my memory bank. So I was like, oh, this is about to be terrible. And it was. It was bad. The hospital scene was terribly bad. It's like, just, it just written. It goes from being like a movie that's trying to make a commentary on like a genre, which is like failing in some ways, but doing some interesting things in other ways. It's making some commentaries on the brand of the people participating. Yeah. It's making some commentaries on like Jason Bateman and Charlize Theron and their current states of their career. Like I was like, this is doing a couple cool things here. At the very least, I'm not bored. Right. And then there's a clear moment where. It goes from that to just being terrible. Like every second like of it bad. is awful. <laughs> it's just written so lazily with trope heavy and just p- full of plot holes that they're like, eh, we have enough money to CGI our way out of the plot holes because everyone will be distracted by all the fuckery going around. Right. It just be- it goes from being like kind of like a movie featuring Will Smith as a superhuman is like pretty grounded for the first two acts. Sure. And then just goes off the rails immediately. Yeah, I mean, it just becomes a bad 2000s superhero yeah, movie. I have, I, there's a chunk of time where I'm like, okay, this is interesting. Like, we have a superhero in a human jail trying to just, like, navigate it. In that was interest. interesting, yeah, sure. And I, then Some fun ideas and, in there. And, yeah, some and fun look, ideas that dude, are just not taken to their fucking, like, pleasing conclusion. It's just like anytime Will Smith flew in this movie, I was like, oh, my God. This looks so fucking stupid. Yeah. Um, Dan, would you like to offer up a Golden Gun rating for the film Hancock? Well, how many points does one take off for Johnny Galecki being a tangential character? Tangential being almost an understatement, an overstatement, because he was in it for like one minute. It's crazy. And and who is his partner? Someone else important. Some semi-famous. Uh, not Nick Kroll, but one of those other guys from that realm. Uh... I can't remember. It wasn't like yeah. Rob Hubel, but it was a Rob Hubel type. It was Rob Hubel adjacent. Yeah, it was. It was. I was just like, oh shit, it's Johnny. Gale-. I was literally like Leo with the fucking power, like pointing at the screen, like, oh, it's fucking Johnny. Gale-. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, explaining a meme on air <laughs> is the best. <laughs> God, who was his friend? I don't know. Is that going to affect your score? It's like Michael Ian Black adjacent. <laughs> yeah, it's a, yeah. It was like an, uh, a side character. It was like a Sklar brother. <laughs> it was a Sklar. <laughs> um, I'm going to give him... Or it was a Duplass. Yeah, but like, yeah, yeah. It was... A, I'm thinking of every person from that world besides him. Um, it, it was like, I'm going to give Hancock a 6.7. Cause I didn't Damn. Damn have a you. terrible time. I will say the only thing that upsets me about that score is that it's better than Malignant, (laughs) which I I find offensive. I had a much worse time watching Malignant. Damn. 
you you rated this higher than I rated the last duel. Uh, I was less bored watching this than I was the last duel. I'm going to give this movie my third four in a row. Wow. Scream five. Okay. Which was generous. Spanking the monkey and handcuff. We're really flipping things this season. Usually I'm the one giving shit like threes and fours while you're like giving things merit. I'm just so thrilled you're having a good time. That's all I care about. I can I can take the abuse better than you can. Let's yeah, let's sure. let's put that in. When you said Hancock, like I was and like even I, I said to Kat, I was like, well, I have to watch Hancock this week. And after she got done ragging on us, us being hacks, I she, <laughs> she, she was like, she was like, all right. I mean, I've seen Hancock because like I'm this age and like, you know, it, it's not going to be like stop shaming me for missing Hancock. I'm God shaming damn you it. for being old. I was seeing fucking Dark Knight that summer. Sorry, bro. Yeah. Uh. Oh, no, a good was, movie, so she, but not as good as The Batman, according to Andre. That fucking hack. What is The Batman? The one that just came out that you're going to watch this week and report to us about, because your score is empty on the board for it. The week, This week it comes out? Yeah, on HBO Max on Monday it'll be on. Is it the extended edition? It's the three-hour regular cut of the movie, which is long enough. Three hours, huh? It's three full hours. Are we going to record a separate episode? No, you're just going to report in on our I next recording session. I don't want to do that. I want to fucking talk about it. What I'll talk I, to you about it. What if I have things to say? Okay, then you'll fucking say them. But, you know, you missed the episode. So okay, you want me to let you ramble for an hour on the Batman? Well, we can... We'll see. Depending on what your opinion is on it. What if I it, have hot takes? That's what I'm saying. Depending what your opinion is on it. I'm going to come in and be like... I feel like you're going to be mixed like I'm, I'm going to come in and be like, the DCEU is the future. It's not a DCEU movie. Damn it. Idiot. <laughs> All right. You fool. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking buffoon. Uh, if only the listeners of this podcast could have been present in the DM conversation of me explaining to Dan the difference between the MCU Spider-Man universe and the Sony Spider-Man universe. It was, it was an all-timer, for sure. It was like 20 minutes, and I'm still just barely clear on what the situation is um some hancock trivia real quick before we go okay um, the original screenplay was much darker apart from being a low life hancock was supposedly going to be sexually frustrated because he couldn't have sex with a woman without killing her <laughs> the mpa actually cleared a scene involving hancock's explosive orgasm but it was removed from the final cut because a test audience did not find it funny <laughs> oh my god the dude if Will Smith was just jizz blasting women. The tone was then lightened considerably for a summer release, aimed at a wide audience, but the MPA gave a film an R twice before language and violence cuts resulted in a PG-13. So again, this is one of the hardest PG-13s yeah. I've ever seen. Like, record-setting hard. Yeah. Um, check it out for, I guess, that. <laughs> the original title was Tonight He Comes. <laughs> The script I, which floated I, I, I around. I just made a joke that I was going to require you to cut out immediately, and I didn't trust you to actually cut it out. <laughs> this, you want to do it? I want to hear it. Tell you later. God damn it. Well, I got a few of them today, guys, but... Hey. Before the film became a Will Smith vehicle... <laughs> you stopped feeding me drinks. Now, now, now I'm coming back to the room. <laughs> Thank God. Um... The script floated around in Hollywood for over a decade. It was retitled John Hancock, then finally Hancock. Before the film became a Will Smith vehicle, 
George Clooney, Ben Affleck, Matt Damon, and Leonardo DiCaprio were all considered for the title character. What a fucking homogenized goddamn list of people. Dave Chappelle was later considered for Ooh, damn! The script was first written by Dave Vincent Ch- Nigo in 1996, and it languished for close to 10 years. Oh, so wait, that's why there were Vietnamese people at the beginning. That's a Vietnamese last maybe, name. Maybe, yeah. Late- that was his last flavor. That, that was their tribute. <laughs> Woo! Soldier boy. Tell him. Um, later, the script was picked up and rewritten by Vince Gilligan to be directed by Jonathan Mostow for a 2007 release. See, in my head, Vince Gilligan, someone who knows how to stick a landing. What happened here? Vince Damn. Gilligan wrote the... Se- I mean, yeah, stick a landing. X-Files, please. It's one of the most <laughs> botched endings of any show ever. Um, Gilligan wrote the second draft when Sony picked up the script in early 2005. Peter Berg said he did this movie for his young son. Weird. A movie in which Will Smith come to death. Yeah. I mean, Peter Berg's a Hollywood elite. Pedophile. Yeah. Um, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to the Movie Blues podcast. I think we've talked enough about yeah, this movie What was the now. original title for this episode? Not Hancock. Uh... Um, keep my wife's Hancock out your mouth. <laughs> Was that not good? That's pretty. That's better, baby. Take it out, baby. I wish you wouldn't have done that every time. But the last time is okay. Okay. Baby. Well, you can cut out early. You're fired. Yeah. Time is okay. okay. Well, you can cut out early ones.